0: You're listening to Humans in Tech. Our podcast explores today's most transformative technology and the trends of tomorrow, bringing together the brightest minds in and outside of our industry. We unpack what's new in physical access, identity verification, cybersecurity, and IoT ecosystems. We reach beyond the physical world, discuss our digital transformation as a species, and dive into the emerging digital experience. Join us on our journey as we discover just how connected the future will be and how we will fit into that picture. The. US federal government is a complex, heterogeneous ecosystem of departments and agencies creating, disseminating and storing significant amounts of often sensitive data. The sector is no stranger to the scourge of cybercrime. Identive tackles cybercrime in the US federal government with hardwire security keys. LidaO, VP of Global Marketing at IDENTIV is joined today by John Guerrero, business consultant at IDENTIV, to discuss how security keys are increasingly being recognized as a sensible and responsible way to solve the federal government data security challenge.
1: In 2018, over 31,000 cybersecurity incidents were reported by federal agencies. The following year, the U.S. government accounted for 5.6 percent of all data breaches and 2.1 percent of exposed data in the country. October 2020 saw an attack by Iranian hackers on state election websites aimed at downloading voter registration information and conducting a voter intimidation campaign. Just one month later, multiple U.S. government agencies revealed breaches by Russian hackers.
0: What action is being taken to fight this wave of attacks?
1: A recently issued data breach notification bill, the Cyber Incident Notification Act of 2021, would require federal government agencies, federal contractors, and critical infrastructure operators to notify the Department of Homeland Security's Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, better known as CISA, when a breach is detected so that the U.S. government can mobilize to protect critical industries across the country.
0: So what's the biggest challenge to put this into play?
1: One of the pervasive challenges to building impenetrable federal government cyber defenses is human error, often the weakest link in the security chain. Government employees are prime targets for cyber attacks because they have access to sensitive data, such as financial, economic, and military records. Hackers typically target government employees using phishing scams, posing as trusted sources to access login credentials. But there's a solution, and we've got John on today to talk more about it. To start, John, um, maybe take our audience through your background. Your roots with Identiv run pretty deep.
2: Yeah, I've been affiliated with Identiv for probably 18 years now, uh, back when they were SCM Microsystems. Um, I started my career in multi-factor authentication and cybersecurity as a uh, technical supplier in the industry. And quickly, um, Identiv became one of my primary vendors. And uh, for the course of the next, I don't know, 10 years, after introductions with them, we worked together. And... um, when I decided to move on to my next phase of career, I then have reached out and it was a perfect fit. And I joined the Hirsch access control team um, and uh, worked there for, you know, I think five or six years as a global VP of sales and services and um, received one of those offers you can't refuse uh, you know, from MasterCard. And, and, and I jumped on that for a little bit. Um, and then uh, it looked like. Uh, a family issue popped up and I had to relocate back to Arizona. And at that point, Dr. Mueller invited me to join his team. And it took all of about 30 seconds for me to say yes, having such familiarity with uh, Dr. Mueller and and everybody else on his team, really. And um, it was just a logical progression for me. And then with uh, 2020 being the tumultuous year that it was for everyone, um, I had some adjustments to make for family from health issues and uh, just adjustments to the, the whole norm of working remotely again. And I decided to move out on my own, start up another business. And uh, fortunately, I've, uh, I've been consulting with Identive now for a little over a year. It's been a good fit and uh, we've had a lot of focus on specific products and uh, it's been great.
1: Um, So I have a similar uh, journey, Um, you know, definitely been consulting uh, for a long time, uh, and then, you know, came across Identiv, and of course, uh, Dr. Mueller as well. And um, I just have really enjoyed working with him. What, um, what connections can you draw between the work you were doing with federal physical security 10 years ago and identity devices today? Like what's really changed?
2: Well, it's funny because it's it's what hasn't changed, I think, is where the biggest connections are. Um, and it's change, it's, it's, it's what hasn't changed that, that's brought about a lot of change. And, and I'll try to explain myself there. But, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 years ago, the federal security platform was built around PKI. Um, and, and the technology today still remains in place. Uh, there have been some, you know, advances in the technology but the fundamental foundation of the platform is still the same. Um, and with that, the CAC and PIV initiative started for the federal space for all the um, civilian DOD users. And, you know, it's just one of those things that that authentication method has stood true. It remains one of the primary authentication be met- primary authentication measure for the federal space. And, you know, that. Both the physical and logical access teams that I work with with Identiv have have always built solutions and supported solutions around the advancements in the technology and the growing use cases. And I think just as equally important, the user experience around those CAC and pig pivot initiatives. Because you know we're, we're not talking about you know one agency; we're talking about all the agency and literally hundreds and thousands or millions of users globally. So it's it's um, that whole commonality there and the change that came within that commonality of the technology that, that that's kind of been the glue of the relationship I've had with Identiv and, and uh, both teams.
1: Can the federal government agencies become more intentional about aligning their operations to the latest and most robust industry standards and protocols? Is that necessary?
2: It, it is absolutely necessary. And, you know, I think you know what the question is there is really is how do you get this 900 pound gorilla that is the federal uh, government to you know adjust accordingly to the fast-paced changing IT security landscape and you know in my f- opinion you know one of these steps and, and probably one of the biggest steps is, is opening the, the lines of communications and I think the federal government took a good step towards that with the development of of CISA, the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. Um, You know, that was developed in part, not not the only part, but in part to open up the communication between parties and, you know, address new technology. And that technology can be used to either help secure data or conversely be used by the, you know, distractors out there to steal data. And so the more communication and information that can be shared and flows the better prepared the federal government can be to address these efforts.
1: I definitely see more um, legislation around security these days. Uh, You know, my background, I I worked um, in the Senate for a bit and drafted legislation. And just, you know, in the last probably seven or eight years, uh, I've definitely seen much more legislation around um, security and more mandates around security in the federal government. And now the trick is, right, that these uh, many of these mandates are not funded, or the funding isn't earmarked for the mandate, um, and so now it's you know going back and saying, okay, well these security measures are super important, um, but the funding isn't there, or you know how does the the CIO or the CISO um, you know earmark those dollars to make sure that the mandate is in you know is um, implemented?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think unfortunately, um, you know, and this is again just my opinion. I think inevitably what's gonna drive that funding is going to be the unfortunate incidents like we recently had with the pipeline hack. Um, it's going to take some some unfortunately bad things to happen to really make um, the, 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 the government sway into saying, okay, this must take more of a priority. And I mean, that's how initially the CAC and PIV initiative started. Um, there's just a lot of things that really um, you know, it's unfortunate to say, but have to go wrong in order for people to really wake up and pay attention. Now, I think they've understood this by again, you know, the advancement of CISA, um, some of these initiatives that you've mentioned that uh, as of late, uh, the presidency has enacted, but it really, uh, in order to not be just be a passing, fan- passing fancy, excuse me, it really needs to, to be maintained, funded, watched and, and advanced.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, security companies um, and our associations that we have, you know, that we're members of are doing a lot to try to also um, increase the education about these technologies because, you know, it is complex.
2: Very much so. And that's the one thing that I've always enjoyed about working with Identiv. Um, They've been so entrenched in the federal business for so many years that they are a voice to be heard. Um, They have a great technology on several levels of the different teams with different solutions. And, you know, the, there's a big understanding here of what needs to happen, how things need to happen, and how we go forward to to become that voice that says, you know, we understand what you need from a security requirement, we understand how you need it delivered, and we understand the, the importance of the support and the user experience going forward.
1: Through its login.gov program, the U.S. Uh, General Services Administration, GSA, has rolled out a single sign-on approach across different agency applications use of Fido fast identity online is you know obviously one option uh, tell us about your experience with Fido and Fido 2
2: so f- from the inception of Fido which goes back you know a few years and you know, we're talking 10 years here um, I've, I've really been a fan of the technology now I've only been involved in it for probably the last five or six years um, but you know, without making this a conversation or a discussion on where passwords fail, um, and without making this a, a really technical conversation, I will say that it's it's fairly easy to break down what I like about the technology, and and having a, a history as uh, deploying and supporting um, MFA and PKI solutions from a from a high from a high overview, uh, the Fido solutions are you know they're very strong authentication methods. Um, it utilizes standard public key cryptography. So it, it is truly a strong authenticator. Um, it, the open standards that FIDO, FIDO2 are built on make the technology so scalable. So that opens it up for not only applications, but to be taken advantage of by the user base that's out there. Um, it, it could be easily integrated into applications. Is another great point. Um, it's not as complex as some of the other solutions that are out there to integrate. But um, not only is the integration easy, but it's at a lower deployment cost. Um, so with that lower deployment cost, you also get lower support costs. And everybody that's you know inherent about designing in a security solution understands the importance of keeping the costs down on that. And and one of the I think adv- advantages that it has that that doesn't get much credit is it's the easy user experience. Um, you know, it's very easy for a end user to grab a security key, register a security key in an application and then use that security key and know that or maybe not know, but at least there should be an understanding that they are using one of the strongest authenticators out there on the market to secure the data that they're in uh, they're, um accessing.
1: I was talking to someone the other day um, about Fido, and I was telling them that for the first time, I think ever, I saw um, Fido being talked about in, you know, a very consumer-oriented technology magazine. Um, So, you know, really seeing Fido start to take off and become something that, you know, not just people in, in the security world are talking about.
2: Yeah, and I think what's driving it is that there are a lot of applications out there that are used by just everyday citizen in the U.S. and other uh, countries that that utilize the space. They understand the importance and the sensitivity. And when you start looking at a, an organization like Facebook and, and they're securing, they're allowing, you know, Fido security keys to authenticate to their application, they understand that, you know, people are putting information out there that they don't want just anybody to access. Um, they don't want access to their information uh, to be just distributed worldwide. Um, And it's not just the high profile users that are out there, the celebrities and everybody else. It's the everyday user. Um, If there's money to be made, somebody is out there looking to try to gain that information to access your, your data.
1: Hardware security keys are increasingly being recognized as a sensible and responsible way to solve the federal government data security challenge. Can you talk about how Identiv's current UTrust FIDO2 security keys uh, are a part of that?
2: Yeah. um, So Identiv is is not the first, obviously, to come out with a FIDO security key. Um, But what I will say is that, you know, it's built on the FIDO Alliance standards. Um, There's also some additional security protocols that are available on the keys, like one-time passwords or OTP, um, as well as, you know, the PIV applets that are on there for certif- digital certificates. So it's, it's a very secure measure. As we said, it's a strong authentication method. Um, but I think we're, what really separates the IDENTIVE keys is the experience Identiv has in supporting the US federal CAC and PIV, PIV initiatives, as well as the longstanding history IDENTIVE has as a manufacturer of hardware security devices. So for as long as I can remember, I didn't have. It's been in this space, Um, and and the long history of support gives identify insights and understandings how to best support the needs of the federal space, from a security supplier as well as just a manufacturer on the cusp of developing, uh, I'll say, new edge technology, not necessarily bleeding edge, but new edge technology, new, new age technology, Um, and then the history of of being a manufacturer for over the 18 years that I've been associated with by um, you know, it just speaks to their ability to produce a quality product um, and more so that experience has always led that product to be introduced at a very, very competitive price point. So while products are able to main uh, TAA compliance or are assembled here in the U S they still remain competitive to, some of the foreign manufacturers out there, and that's 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 a big deal when you're dealing with agencies and organizations that are are so budget oriented and scraping together to try to meet the needs that they have.
1: And also, like you said, um, still being assembled in the U.S. Yeah, exactly. The, that, that's that important. A key
2: critical point.
1: <laughs> um, so, what's next on the horizon for Identiv's Identiv security keys?
2: You know, right now, Identiv is is um always on the hunt for what's going to be the next big thing and when you're looking at that you have to take a look at all the different technology advances the new the new use cases are always in importance and they'll always divide drive excuse me product development um, specifically identity right now is looking at biometrics and bluetooth uh, for integration into their next generation of keys uh, but there are also a couple other things um, you know that 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 bluetooth and biometric technology will enhance security but there's also a big user experience that um identiv is looking at where they try to reduce the form factor size to be something that's more easily handled carried and used by the end user because uh, you know people and and i think uh, i think i first heard this from the identiv ceo steve humphreys you know security will only be used as long as it's convenient right and once you lose that convenience then you lose some of that grasp that people are going to have on the necessity for security. And we're talking about end users, IT teams will always want that security, but the end users try to skirt around it if it's not convenient. And, and that's what's, you know, Identiv is, is, is always looking at is, how do we maintain a top level security product, while still looking at uh, addressing the needs and the use cases that are out there for the user experience.
1: Well, you know, government employees are always right prime targets for cyber attacks because they have access to you know such sensitive data. So thank you for sharing with us um, some solutions for that.
2: No problem. I'm always willing to chat about security, especially when it comes to some of the identity solutions and the history I have with them. So if there's anything ever else, please feel free to reach out.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you.
0: Eliminate the risk of data breaches, phishing, password theft, and replay attacks with hardened multi-factor authentication cybersecurity. Passwordless logins are simple and secure with UTrust FIDO2 NFC Plus security keys. Insert the device, tap the button, and get secure access. It really is that easy. Learn more at identive.com physical security, identity verification, the IOT. The hyperconnectivity of our lives will only grow more pervasive. As technology becomes more automated and experiences more augmented, it's up to us to preserve our humanity and use new tools and trends for
1: good. The only question is, are we up for the challenge?